Shalom Abrochu, Rabbi Tzemesech is getting the Samach Chesterays, the Aft discusses the friction between Rav Sheshis and the Reish Galusa and how he avoided their dangerous traps and the legendary story of Shlomo Amalech and Ashmedai. Just before we begin, I want to give a tremendous Ashokech to all of you who listen to this year in Germany, France, Spain, or Israel, America. You give me tremendous chizuk to be able to learn the daf and to know it a little better. And I really, really appreciate you. Thank you. We begin with a story. The Reish Galusa tells of Sheshis, how come you never eat by me? So if Sheshis says, well, I don't trust your avodim. I think they're going to serve me Avram and Achai. So the Reish Galusa says, well, what, what are you talking about? Why would you even say such a thing? So he says, okay, let's, uh, let me offer you a demonstration. He turns to one of the servants, one of the helpers, and he says, go steal for me a leg of an animal. So he comes back with a leg. So then he asks the kitchen staff, can you please show me the animal? So they bring it out, and Oshesha says, oh my goodness, it's a three-legged animal. Would you believe it? So they ran back into the kitchen. They got a leg from a different animal, and they stuck it on this one. And they brought it back with four legs. They're like, oh, wonderful. So Oshesha tells his, his shamish, put your leg near this animal. He says, okay, great. He says, look, now it has five legs. Fantastic. He demonstrated that they were eating Avram Menachai. Or at least they would serve him Avram Menachai. So the, the race Galusa says, okay, I hear you. I'll tell you what. I'll make the food right in front of you. And then you'll be able to eat it. So, you know, you'll be the Mashkiach. Interestingly, if Sheshis was blind, maybe his Shamash would have been the Mashkiach for him. But if Sheshis agrees, he says, L'chaim. So they brought him a tray with a certain meat that has little bones that Rav Sheshis can choke on. They really didn't like him very much. So before Rav Sheshis ate it, he felt around and he pulled out the bones and put it in a handkerchief and hid it away. He foiled their plot. After they finished eating, so the uh, race Galusa's home, they made an announcement. Someone stole some silver. So they went through everybody's pockets and they found this handkerchief with the bone in there. So the race Galusa said, you weren't even trying to eat. You were just trying to bother us. Rav Sheshit says, no, absolutely not. I did eat. In fact, I tasted that the animal that you served me had saras. They said, no way. He said, yeah, you could check it out yourself. Rav Chista says, if you have a white spot on a black animal, black spot on a white animal, that's saras. So they checked and Taka, this animal had saras. Rav Sheshit was able to taste it in the meat. So on the way out, while Rav Sheshit was leaving, they almost tried killing him. They dug a hole and they covered it with a mat, like a, tra- a trap so that he would fall in. As he was walking, Rav Chista cleared his throat behind him to you know, try to give him a heads up. Rav Shishis, again, he was blind. So Rav Shishis hears him coughing and he turns to the child uh, near him and he says, do me a favor. This is a common practice in those days. Tell me a pasuk. And there's like a certain amount of nevuah that they can glean from whatever pasuk the child said. And the child told him the pasuk, turn right or turn left. The words originally said by Avner when he was being chased. So if Shesha turns to Shamash and says, let me know, uh, where am I walking? What do you see in front of me? He says, oh, there's a mat on the floor. So if Shesha says, aha, let's walk around that. When they got to the other side, so Rav Chister said, well, how did he know not to walk over that mat? They put the mat there so that his walking stick wouldn't feel that there's a hole. So if Shesha said, well, first of all, I heard you clearing your throat. So I knew something was up. Second of all, I got this pasuk from the kid to tell me to go around it. And third of all, I was suspicious the entire time. I knew that the Reish Galusa was out to get me. Now once we mentioned in our the first mission in this parak, if someone was possessed by a shade and he's giving out gittin, so we discussed a little more about shade and there's a pasuk that says, a sisi li sorim of v'sorois v'ta'anugos b'reodom 
Sharem Vesharois, the Gemara explains, are musical instruments that Shlomo Melech made. There's a Pasuk in Kohelas. Tainugais Bene Adam, are talking about the bathhouses that he had. Shoda Vesidois, is translated as a male and female shade. Now Shlomo Melech had dominance over shade. And Eretz Yisrael, they translated as Shidato, a chariot. Ben Yoyada says, I mean, it's not such a thing to boast about. Everyone had chariots in those days. Rather, he says that he had a motorized chariot. And Rechaim Kanievsky also said that that's what it means. He actually had a car. Shlomo Melech had all the Chachma in the world. Rabbi Yechanan says, there were 300 Shedim in Shechem, but I didn't know what they looked like, or I didn't know where the uh, head of these Shedim were. Now the Gemara brings a marmar that Shida, the Shidois means a male and female Shade. What was Shlomo HaMalach doing with Shadim? We can't just use Shadim for no reason. So the Gemara explains that the Pasuk says that Shlomo Melech was charged with building the base of Mikdash with complete stones. So Shlomo Melech tells the Rabbanon, how am I supposed to have perfectly carved stones without chiseling off any piece? So the Rabbanon said, well, get the Shemira, the Shamir worm that Moshe used to cut the stones of the aphid, and that'll slice through the stones without any pieces falling off. It's a special worm that was created by Massa Voracious. So Shlomo Melech said, where do I find it? Taisa says he didn't want to ask the Urvatumim if he could find out some other way. So the Rabbanon told him, get a, a male and female shade, press them together, and uh, interrogate them, see if they know. Then they'll tell you. So he did that, he captured them both, and he t- squeezed them together. And they said, I don't know, but maybe Ashmedai, the king of the shade, maybe he knows. So he tells these uh, shade, well, where do I find him? So they said, he hangs out by Tura Palan. Over there, he dug himself a pit that he filled with water. He covered it with a rock and he put a seal on it. Every day, he, co- he goes to Shemayim and he learns up there. Then he comes back down here and learns down here. And then he comes to his pit and he inspects the seal, makes sure that it's not tampered with, rolls off the stone and drinks from that water. The Marshal says, not literally drinking, some sort of a spiritual sustenance. Then he covers it back up and he seals it again. And then he goes about his business. So Shlomo Melch turns to Ben-Yo, Ben-Yohayoda, and he gives him a mission with a chain with the name of Hashem written on it, a ring with the shame Hashem on it, a ball of wool, and a bottle of wine. And Yo went and he dug a pit next to Ashmedai's pit that was deeper. And he siphoned out all the water into his pit. And then he closed off that hole with the ball of wool. Then he dug a pit higher than Ashmedai's pit, filled that with wine, let that drip into Ashmedai's pit, and closed that one off as well. So he succeeded in swapping out Ashmedai's water for wine without breaking the seal. Then he went and hid in a tree. Ashmedai came. He sees that his seal is intact. He opens it up and he sees wine inside. He's, so he says, this psukim of leitz hayayin huma sheicher v'chol hoigeboy lo yechkam and there's nus v'yayin v'tirash yikach leiv. The wine's bad, so he's not going to drink it. But then he got very thirsty. So he says, okay, v'yayin isamach v'avenosh. There is a good side to wine. He drank a bunch of it and fell asleep. Then a yodah climbs down from the tree, ties him up in this chain with the Shem Hashem on it. When he wakes up, Ben Yada sees him flailing and he says, you can't go anywhere. The Shem Hashem is on you. And he starts dragging him back to Shlomo Melech's palace. On the way, Ashmedai rubbed against the palm tree and it withered. 
He, he banged against the house and the house collapsed. When they were passing the hut of an almana, she comes outside and begs him not to knock down her house. So he bends backwards and broke a bone. He went he, against his nature. And he said the Pasuk of Elashen, Racha Tishibar Goram. Now a soft tongue can break a bone. That her plea made him actually break his own bone by doing that. Then there were five things that he saw and reacted to. Along the way, he saw a blind man walking the wrong way and he guided him back onto the path. He saw a drunk who was going the wrong way and he also helped him back onto the path. He saw a wedding going on and he started crying. He saw a man ask his shoemaker to make him a pair of shoes to last seven years and he started laughing. And fifth and finally, Ashmedai saw a magician doing magic and he started laughing. When they got to the palace, they brought Ashmedai in front of Shlomo Melech, but not before three days. And the first day, Ashmedai asked, why haven't you brought me to Shlomo Melech yet? So they said, well, he drank too much wine, he's hungover. So Ashmedai put a brick onto another brick in response to that hearing that news. When they told this over to Shlomo Melech, he said, ah, take away the wine. Clearly, drinking is not good. That's the message he was saying. The next day, Ashmedai said, why haven't I been wrong to the king yet? And they said, oh, well, he, he ate too much. So he took the brick off of the other brick and put it down on the floor. When they told this over to Shlomo, he said, Ooh, I should stop eating. Rather, the first time when he put the brick on top of the brick, the message was that you should drink more to get rid of the hangover. Now, with taking the brick off, that was saying you should eat less and hold back on the eating. At the end of the third day, they brought Ashmanai in front of Shlomo HaMelech. And he threw a reed four amas long in front of him. He tells Shlomo HaMelech, when a man dies, all he has is the dollar amas that he has. You captured the entire world. And that wasn't enough for you? You have to capture me as well? Shlomo Melech responds, I don't need you. I need to build the base of Mikdash. And I need the Shamir worm. So Ashmedai says, well, I actually haven't been entrusted with it. I gave it to a crazy chicken. And he swore to watch the Shamir worm. What does he do with the Shamir worm? Well, he brings it up onto mountaintops that has no vegetation. And he puts the Shamir on top of the mountain. It splits open. And he throws seeds of trees down into this mountain. And then the tree grows vegetation. He has what to eat off. That's why this chicken is referred to, it's translated as Nagartura, the splitter of mountains. The Duchifas. So they went and found this chicken and they put a sheet of clear glass over its nest. It had little baby wild chickens in there. And they covered it with the glass. So he comes to go say hi to his kids and he can't get through to them. There's glass here. He says, okay, I know how to get through glass. I have a Shamir. The chicken went to go get the shamir, brings it back, and as it's holding the shamir, Shlomo Shluchim, they made, they made a tremendous noise, and it made it drop the shamir. They quickly snatched it, and when the, the wild chicken hopped that he just broke his swear to protect the shamir, he strangled himself. Now, Benio asked Ashmedai, what was going on in those five things that you saw, in your strange reactions? When you saw the blind man, why did you help him back on the road? He said, so Ashmedai said, I heard in Shemayim that this blind man is a tzaddik gomor, and anyone who helps him gets olam haba. Okay, number two, why did you help the drunk man get back on the road? He said, well, I heard in Shemayim about him that he's a Russian gomor, and he should get all his char in this world to use up any merits that he has before the next. Okay, third, when you saw that wedding, why did you cry? He said, well, Lechassan's going to die within 30 days. And his little brother, so they're not going to have kids, the Kala is going to be Chayv and Yibum, and the Chassan's little brother is tiny. 
She's going to have to wait 13 years to do Yibam or Chalitza. And even that broke Ashmedai's heart. Fourth, when you saw that guy ordering a seven-year pair of shoes, why'd you laugh? He said, well, he's not going to live seven days, and he wants a pair of shoes to last seven years. The Sefer Hasidim in Tofna Dalat actually brings down from here not to wear a dead man's shoes. Otherwise, this guy could have passed on those shoes to his children, you know, get another seven years worth out of them. And fifth and finally, why did you laugh when you saw this magician doing magic? He said, well, this guy didn't even realize he was standing on top of one of the king's treasures buried right under him. And with all his magic tricks, why didn't he just look right underneath him? And obviously there's a tremendous lesson to be learned from that. We're always looking somewhere else, trying to get somewhere else, trying to decode and progress to something else, to something bigger through magic. And we're standing on top of treasure all along. Shlomo Melech held on to Ashmedai until he finished building the base of Mikdash. And one day, they were alone, Shlomo Melech and Ashmedai. And Shlomo said the pasuk of So while Toyafos are like angels, Re'im are like Shadim. And he said, what is so great about Shadim? So Ashmedai said, I'll tell you, if you unchain me and give me your ring with the Shem Hashem. And for some reason, Ashkach brought this, uh, Shlomo Melech conceded. He gave him the ring, unchained him. Immediately, Ashmedai swallowed him. He totally took control over him. He stuck one wing in the, in the heavens and one wing in, in the earth. And he threw Shlomo Melech 400 parsi across the globe. At that moment, Shlomo Melech said, Everything he had earned and amassed was totally gone in an instant. He also says, What's the vizeh? And this is my chelek? This machelek is Rav Shmuel. Either the one thing that he was left with on the other side of the globe was his stick. The other one says it was his cloak. He was left knocking on doors, collecting something to eat. And he would tell people, I was the king. Everyone thought he was nuts. But when Sanhedrin heard about this, they said, hold on. Crazy people don't stick with the same story. And he's been saying the exact same story wherever he goes. Ashmedai took his place in on the throne, so no one had any thought that this was Shlomo Malach. So the Sanhedrin investigated. They asked Benio, Shlomo Malach's right-hand man, has the, king, has the king asked you for anything lately? He said, actually not. So they asked the, the queens, has the king been with you lately? And they said, yes. So they said, do me a favor, check his feet. Shadim, they're totally connected to Oretz, to Adoma, and that's something that they can't change, so he would have webbed feet. So they reported that he always comes wearing slippers, so we don't get to see his feet. But he's making a pass at us when we're, when we're, when we're in Nida, and he's making a pass at his mother, Bathsheba. So they realized, okay, that's not Shlomo Melech. They brought Shlomo Melech there, they gave him the ring and the chains with the Shem Hashem on it. When Ashmedai saw Shlomo Melech walking in, he ran for his life. But nevertheless, even though he was gone, Shlomo Melech was constantly in a state of fear from Ashmedai. Like the Pesach says, like we say by Shema, Ravitch Mo disagree what happened in the story, whether... Shlomo HaMelech was a king, but then became a simpleton, never returned to that full glory of being Shlomo HaMelech. Another one holds that he was a Melech, a Hedoid, but then went right back into his status of Melech completely. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.